Hello, Dave. Yes, it's been a busy week for Eagle Farm. We raced there last Saturday. We've got seven races for our midweek metro today. And then back on Saturday for what's going to be a big day, we've got the Grand Prix for the three-year-olds over 2,100. The Gold Edition play for the three-year-olds, 1,200 metres. I think Abounding will be one of the favourites there. And Chris Lees has entered Chile, Philly. I think she's the only southern entry. And then the Loch Ney, far too easy. I see Royal Merchant holds an entry. So... Plenty to look forward to on Saturday at the farm. Yeah, I don't think we'll see Royal Merchant. She will go around today at uh, Wyong. But um, very keen to hear if we see Chilly Philly head, of course, that way for the, the Chris Lee's team. I know she's obviously Magic Millions. And that, that really is sort of where all roads are leading at the moment. Any horse that's sort of in these races... Maxie, like I spoke this morning with Kelly Schweder and um, geez, he gave a good push. I mean, he's a man of few words, Kelly, as you know. He sort of won't sort of make outlandish statements. Um, but he was giving a big push to the deep field runner that he's got. The name just eludes me. I'm just going to pull up. Um, deep respect. That's it. Deep yeah. respect. Yeah. He, he gave a very, very good push to it because he's got it and also um, uh, Well Girl Tiger, both in the market yeah. for the three-year-old guineas race. Yes, um, I was interested listening to Kelly earlier today talking to you saying that he's a fair way down in the order, so he's keeping an eye on that. He doesn't really want to run Weigel Tiger. I think of the two of them at this point, I'm with Weigel Tiger. He's proven over the 1,400 by dominating um, his last two wins over that distance at Eagle Farm. So no surprise to see him firming up for Magic Millions. I think prior to Saturday, Weigel Tiger was $17 for the Magic Millions guineas. And he, you can ride him back, you can ride him forward. But yeah, I was a bit surprised he was so far down in the order, Dave, given that he's won his last four starts in a row. And we'll know more about um, the Colt. Now, he's a, he's a bit difficult to deal with, the Colt, um, coming up this Saturday deep respect, but if he draws a nice alley, it'd be hard to beat him at Gold Edition for the three-year-olds. It's going to be a very competitive race, and just waiting for the final fields to be declared and the draw to come out, we'll know a little bit more about it a bit later today. Uh, let's look at Eagle Farm today. We might start with race one, Maxi, um, and we've got a favourite here for, for Tony Golland. Uh, looking at the prices, has been supported, but you've got that scratching of um, midnight in Austin. No deductions there, but very rarely you'll see a, a Coolmore horse train. I think this is the only one that Tony's got, and I know that he mentioned that uh, he's quite, you know, obviously thrilled to have the, a horse like this in the stable. Yes, uh, Bremer Haven, a filly by Pride of Dubai. Um, she's only had the three starts, third, second, and then she was the well-backed favourite at Ipswich. That was back on the 29th of, uh, of November. That was a fortnight ago, and she ran fifth. Um, over the 1350, but there are a couple of things. It was a heavy 10 that day, and she, she just went too far. She was two or three lengths in front, putting far too much into it, and she was gone at the 100. So Orman going on today, back up on top of the ground, um, is a good thing, I think, for the Coolmore run of Bremer Haven. But I like one in the first, Dave. I thought it was one of the better bets on the card today. A filly called Keyboard, number four, trained by Rex Lip, Michael Rod to ride. Now... This really is still a maiden. She's had 10 starts, five placings, but seven of the 10 races have been in open two-year-old races. Even last start, um, she was quite good in the mode. She ran 10 or 15 in the mode, but only beaten six lengths behind West of Dolby, and things didn't quite work out for her. However, she still found the line okay. I think it's a big drop back in grade to maiden company at the midweeks. We've got Rod on. 
smallish field of only eight. So I think at the price, last time I looked this morning, keyboard was $4.60. So respecting the Coolmore run of Bremer Haven, but I'm having something on keyboard number four in the first. All right. In race two, uh, we see Dark Chiller's favourite, but the, gee, there's been some clever money around here for a horse called a certain maybe. Now, it was 4.60, and, of course, around that scratchings time this morning and when the minimum bet laws kick in, that's when we always see a bit of activity from the big fish that can't get on early, and uh, it was one of the first horses back. So it's into 4.20 now, a certain maybe after that win at Caloundra recently. Yes, um, she'd clearly been knocking on the door, and she won over 1,600 metres in maiden company, um, it was a good win, but she is jumping from that three-year-old maiden up to a class one today. But having said that, she's drawn barrier one. Look, I don't know whether she can win. I think she, she's going to get every opportunity. I'm interested in a horse called Victoria Rock, number five. Now, this looked like far lap at its first start in New Zealand. Then it was quickly on the plane to um, uh, the Freedmans there in Melbourne. And I don't know, they, they couldn't get it going. But she's up here with Brian Smith. And I think she's just about ready to win. She's a massive mare by Turn Me Loose, Dave. And she's had two runs and a trial in between. So I think she's just about ready to to win today. I just hope that uh, she's not a mare that jars up or anything like that because I'm expecting the trap to be good today. And when she did improve last start, it was on wet ground. So respecting the money for a certain maybe, but I'm happy to go with Victoria Rock, the Kiwi. We go to race three at Eagle Farm. Uh, security visor, I see, is your favourite. It's at 380. Uh, interesting, there's been a little, little tiny bit around for Outburst. Uh, for Michael Lakey and Justin Stanley, do they've combined over their careers to get plenty of winners? Yeah, look, a total forget for Outburst last start. He went really well here at Eagle Farm a start before. It was on a Saturday behind Tenzing. And then we expected him to, to do, you know, equally as well, if not a bit better at the sunny coast. That was the Saturday Malulabuck Cup meeting he ran last. He drew barrier four, but it's a bit of a tricky start, the 1800. And a couple of horses dived underneath him, and all of a sudden he's four and five deep the entire and weakened out of it. So that was a little while ago. I think a genuine excuse. Stanley back on today, good draw. The weight is a bit of a concern, 61 where it's not a concern, I don't think, for the favourite security advisor. Now, here's a horse that's been racing on a Saturday in town at his past three, not beaten fast, so he's back to the Wednesdays. Um, I think he goes forward and with the claim from Malia Castle, who seems to ride him all the time, I think he might be the way to go security advisor. But certainly respecting a bit of money for outburst, definitely an improver today. All right, uh, we go to the fourth. And we're chatting with Michael Maxworthy, looking at the Eagle Farm meeting here. And in race four, Maxie, we've got uh, already a star at $2 and favourite here for the Natalie McCall stable. Geez, I love when they back a, a Nat McCall runner. When the money goes on, they very rarely miss, you know. Yeah, well, I'm on this. I think this is the best bet of the day. And I liked him first up at the sunny coast. That was Malulabar Cup Day, so it was the Saturday Metro. His first preparation... It was only three starts, but all three indicated to me that he was above average and he tried like a bomb. And then he finishes midfield behind standing order, first up Malulabar Cup Day. But things went wrong. That was the day standing order took control of the race after about three or 400 metres and backed the tempo off. This horse was, was over racing on heels, but still made gradual progress in the straight. He's back to a Wednesday, Orman up gate three, 
I think he's a nice horse in the making, and clearly he's the way to go there, I think, in that fourth race. Already a star. Okay, that's already a star. Race five. Uh, very interesting, this race. You've got um, the 15 is your favourite of 340. Uh, let's seal for the um, the Wallace stable. They backed fly with you for Adam Campton here. Uh, it's been 460 out to 550. Once it got to 550, the robots went, thank you very much. Uh, this is the Denman who comes out of that Ipswich heavy meeting. Yes. Uh, prior to that, he'd had three starts Gold Coast Poly, where he was competitive up on the speed, and then got onto that heavy track and ran third behind Final Illusionist. The winner came from Stone Motherless last. And the other significant point with flying with you today, so there's money and blinkers are going on for the first time. It's a tricky race. I went with the Waller runner, the Star Thoroughbreds runner, Lethal. She's getting blinkers first time. She's only lightly raced. She comes out of some reasonable midweek maidens at Doombin over 13.50. So I'm with the 15, but um, there is a whisper for flying with you with those blinkers first time. All right, uh, race six, the second last um, on a seven-race card, obviously. Uh, Gollan is the favourite here. Yes, um, he's got uh, a couple of runners here, uh, Cesaris and also Consenza, I think was a former um, uh, Team Hawks runner. But the interesting runner, Dave, is this High Plateau, a former Godolphin horse who had five stars for them for two wins, and Simon Foster has obviously purchased the horse. I don't know whether the horse was online or what, but um, ran seventh at its most recent start um, at Canterbury. And that was back in mid-August. The other was okay. Got back as the 270 favourite, working home gradually with McDonald in the saddle. And then the horse came out and ran third in the Hawkesbury trial behind Fairway Star, sat third behind the two leaders. The rider didn't move. Um, but it looked as if it could have won the trial easily. So finds itself up here at the Gold Coast with Simon Foster. And I think any of that form, um, if it's just about ready today, it's the way to go. High Plateau, the ex get off and runner number six in race six. All right. And the lucky last today at Eagle Farm with Michael Maxworthy. Uh, flying Mickey here, 250 favourite. I think this horse is a country championships horse, Maxie. Yeah, it looks like it. He hasn't been without his problems, though, uh, for David McComb, and he was very good first up. He, the tempo was fast. He was sort of off the bit, five lengths off them, but coming to the bend, he just trucked up. He got, he got into his rhythm, and he won comfortably. I think it's a two-horse race. It's between him, Flying Mickey, from the Willembar stable of David McComb, and Gollum's La Takia, formerly a Saturday horse, just battling a little bit, but she's a, a real gross mare. She's taken a bit of racing, and I thought she was super last start of Doom and running second to Made to Fit, one of our most improved horses here in southeast Queensland, Made to Fit, and she chased hard La Takia. I'm just giving her a slight edge over flying Mickey because I've seen La Takia um, do it in better company. You might remember earlier this year, um, on wave day, she won that um, that restricted race, that rich race for the Phillies, three and four-year-old class four. Um, so, yeah, one of those two will win. The money's for flying Mickey, but look out, Laughter Key doesn't bounce back into the winner's list today. All right, Maxie, best on the card. Is it the horse in race one? Well, I'm, I'm going it with that one, $4.60, for keyboard, and then Nat McCall's four six already a star. Now, I wanted to ask you, Dave, what was the what was the atmosphere like when Golden 60 launched a chart in on Saturday? Well, I know Mark, Mark McNamara has every cliche in the book, 
um, when he calls, but uh, it was electric. Uh, yeah. As you know, they love a they love a, a hometown hero. I will say this though: the roar was bigger for Abel Friend the day oh, I was there. Right? Yep. Okay. Yeah. The, the the roar was bigger for Abel Friend. Now I don't know whether that's just because there were more people on track. Um, I think. That probably would be because I think the day he was uh, he he won that race and you and I were actually there. I think there was at least a hundred thousand people yeah. on track. There was only sixty eight, sixty nine thousand people there this year. That was the the last. So we're talking about Hong Kong. That was the last uh, or the first time since restrictions that uh, they sort of yeah. opened the, the doors. So yeah. Okay. Um, but look, it was it was obviously very electric. Uh, but um, yeah, I. Uh, I must admit, Maxie, it, uh, it, the day itself was obviously sensational. Uh, it was great to uh, great to experience it. the The fact that those Hong Kong horses won, I think, will do them all the world of good um, for their meeting next year. It was uh, yeah. they, they they really shone through. Um, would you say? I saw Greg Carpenter made a comment today on Melbourne Radio that uh, he's the best horse Hong Kong's seen. I don't know about that. Do you agree with that? Mm. Well, I think he's pretty Joe, good. Joe, yeah, well, you know, you talk about Abel Friend. Uh, I think Joe Marrera, um, Greg had him on Thoroughbred Weekly um, during the carnival in Sydney. I think he said Abel Friend was the best horse that he's ridden. So we've got to count that in. Um, but look, this horse has been extraordinary. Um, and to win these races, Dave, the way he wins them, he's not an on pace champion. He's a midfield backmarker champion where he's had 30 starts, 26 wins. And it's unbelievable that his local rider, Vincent Ho, has been on him every start, every yes. start. Um, yeah, and at eight years of age to do what he did. And I see where they, they were talking about retirement, but he's going to have a couple more by the looks of it before he retires, which could possibly be in Japan where he lives out the rest of his days. But um, a romantic warrior, that was a great thing too. For Hong Kong, I'm glad they travelled him and they brought him here. We saw him win the Cox Plate. That's the that's the thing that I'm a bit disappointed about with Golden Sixty. He never travelled. I would have loved to have seen him go to Japan for the Us of the Kin and over a mile. I reckon he would have blitzed them, but we we never got that opportunity. No, we didn't. Um, and but I do hope that with the success they've had uh, with beating the internationals that were there this year, that we do see some Hong Kong horses. Uh, yeah. Head, uh, of course, you got to remember, Able Friend beat Maurice. Uh, that day in um, yeah. the mile, and obviously we saw that, that Japanese um, horse go back and, and perform and whatnot. So look, uh, look, it was a fantastic day. Uh, what is Golden Sixty the best horse we've ever seen in Hong Kong? I don't know about that, but he definitely is the, there right now. Gee, you start to think about good horses. Remember Viva Pataka? Oh, I mean, wasn't yeah. he a, a superstar? Uh, he was a legend, yes, for many years for Stanley Ho and. John Moore. Oh, there's been some some wonderful horses. Go back to Sign of Witness, and yep. apparently he used to uh, the, the crowd used to rattle the grandstand. They used to have um, the international sprint down the straight thousand meters, and he won a couple of them. And they, I, I wasn't there for them, but they say you know when he got to the course proper there, they just went ballistic with Sign of Witness. So they've been lucky enough to have some real superstars over the years, but. Clearly, this guy is up there with the best of them. And it'd be interesting to see what Australian horses uh, go there into the future, Maxie, because obviously our yeah. carnival has changed here a lot uh, with it being so deep. And, uh, I mean, like we've got, 
Uh, a deep carnival now in both Sydney and Melbourne. We've then got the Perth Carnival as well with the Pinnacles. And then before you know it, we've got Magic Millions. So has that shut the, the door on uh, on Australian horses heading up there? Um, yeah. I the think it has. I think I really think it has. Um, and it's been like that for quite a few years now, Dave. And, um, you know, five or six years ago, there started to be a decline in Australian horses going to Hong Kong. And that's when prize money was nowhere near as what the level is these days. And, you know, we're basically seeing one carnival roll into another and they've all got their feature races. We've got our $3 million Stradbroke handicap up here and they're on every couple of weeks, aren't they, these multi-million dollar races. So I think it's going to have an effect. But I think what won't be affected is the Royal Ascot meeting. You were there earlier this year. People just want to go there, you know. Um, at that time of the year, it's, it's uh, winter time here, of course, a little bit quieter in terms of Australian racing, but um, still people will uh, always want to send their horses to that royal meeting mm. from Australia, I believe. And it'd be very interesting, I wonder as well, from a Hong Kong Jockey Club point of view, and obviously there's a lot of smart people involved in that organisation, um, that international meeting has always landed at that time, but does it need to be shuffled elsewhere? I mean, because you think it is yeah. on the back end of a Japan carnival so to speak um could it be placed elsewhere to uh, attract not i'm not just talking australian horses but other horses from other jurisdictions yeah, right around no, the world? no i think they've got it i think they've got it absolutely spot on they you know they promote them as the end of calendar year championships it seems to work with horses like dave o'brien sends horses to the breeders cup and uh, they come back and they they usually race well in hong kong and that's the end of the year for them i think it fits in pretty well. You can't please everyone. Maybe it's not the right spot for Australia, but um, I think it's worked really well. Japan have got it right, and that's what they, they want. They want those superstars to come from Japan as well, the Hong Kong Jockey Club. So I think it's a, a case of um, it being in the, in the right spot, that second week of December every year. And let's face it, it's a great time to be in Hong Kong. The weather's superb. Um, the Christmas, the, the Christmas uh, holiday atmosphere, it just seems to work so well. Also, too, um, they'd be disappointed, Japan, probably, because uh, they yeah. uh, had some big names there. I thought Prognosis was a bit stiff in the cup. Yeah, he was. He was. Oh, dear. Um, yeah, you'd like um, nothing against the Japanese jockeys or anything, but... Um, I think what they got wrong with him is they wanted to get prognosis to the outside because last year, or earlier this year in the QE2 Cup when Romantic Warrior beat him, he, he was back and he was trying to force to the outside. I think this time their instructions might have been, well, coming to the turn, try and get there without having to push out, when clearly, you know, you could have driven, you know, a semi-trailer through the gaps towards the inside. There's no doubt, had he stayed there, coming towards the bend, rather than trying to get out, um, he's right there. And it would have been an even more dramatic finish with Romantic Warrior just lasting to score. I'm sure he would have given him a good run for his money, but didn't work out that way. And I think the right result, you know, Romantic Warrior, Danny Schultz had to pick him up again. He's come to Australia, he's been into quarantine, and he got the result. And uh, the, you know, James McDonald was just, we've seen him win these feature races across Australia and mm. overseas, but he seemed to get some extra kick out of winning that there on, on Sunday. Has he been in some photo finishes, Riff Rocket? 
um, and, and it comes yeah. to mind, and, and, and others, and even Zaki, it didn't go his way, but he's always there in a photo finish, and he was there, went the right way for him with Romantic Warrior. Hopefully see you there next year, Maxie, get you back on the yep. plane. All right. Okay, Dave. Thank you for that. Bye-bye. Well, I wasn't the same without you, mate. Uh, let's get to a break. It's 11.20. <laughs>